Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 204th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Fred Brown looking. Oh, way to worthy! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champion. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're, bit, we're back with you guys once again today with just a little mid-season conversation edition of the podcast we're going to talk about where this Tar Heel team is as we get ready to move into the February portion of the season and talk about if this team is still a national uh, title contender or not and if if so why they are and if they aren't how can they uh, return to one we'll get to that in just a second though as we start every edition of the pod as we always do with our pod thought of the day we go to uh, Julius Dr. Irving, Dr. J, um, saying, quote, being a professional is doing the things you love to do on the days you don't feel like doing them. And, um, you know, I think that's something that really just applies to where this Tar Heel team is at right now. Like, teams that compete and play for championships – they're 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 the ultimate professionals. They do the things every day in practice. They do the little things, and they do the things that they they don't like to do. Um, you know they that you know where whether it's a certain defensive drill or no matter what it is, they do all those types of things on a consistent basis, and that's why they you know the teams that win championships. You look at them; they've got you know professionals up and down their lineup. Um, I like to consider you and I both professional podcast hosts because there are days that we get on the mic and, you know, there's 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 some other things we'd much rather be doing, but that's what it takes to, you know, be really good at, at, at what we do, you know, in, in our form. And so um, I think this is something for for Carolina that is is starting to really, you know, kind of take hold on this for, uh, for this team because, they they weren't doing the little things at the beginning of the year, and that's why they went on a four-game losing streak. I feel like they've cleaned a lot of those things up, and that's why they've won 
10 out of 12, and they, they have a respectable record both overall and in the ACC. Well, speak for yourself. I mean, there is nothing I would rather be doing than hosting this podcast or the Heel Tough blog podcast. Because yeah. um, I asked you tonight, you gave a little attitude. You were like, really? Do we got to record again? Uh, weren't you the one that was complaining about that, considering you're still hungover from the events of last evening? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But uh, yeah, no, this is this is kind of the area that, yeah, this, this team is at because... And, and I feel like for the most part, they've started to kind of show the signs of that. I feel like early in the year, we kind of questioned whether or not this team was going to show us similar things to a year ago. Um, I mean, there were multiple times that we compared this team to last year's team. And we started saying, look, is is this just a team that believes that the recipe is basically exactly the same as it was a year ago? And I think now we're starting to see that this team is is looking more of the part of the team that we thought was going to be dominant for the majority of the year. I think there's still a long way to go, but, I mean, look, I think some of the teams, at the even at the top of the country at this point, are incredibly flawed. I, I think there are some, some teams that have probably already played their best basketball or are playing their best basketball right now. And so I think the door is kind of open. And for Carolina, I mean, look, they're playing good basketball, but I still don't feel like they're playing their best basketball. I think the other night showed that against Syracuse. And that's something that I think a lot of Toriel fans have been saying for the majority of the season is that, look, this team, we're, we're looking for them to be playing their best basketball come March. And I still think at this point that is more than possible for this team because it feels like they are still building. They feels like they still have to get a, a little bit healthier before you can feel confident uh, in this team. And I, I think right now that focus is really on Pup Johnson. But the thing is, is that it seems like every time that they get someone back into the lineup, somebody else exits with an injury. So I, I think, you know, you're starting to see this team, as we've said, you know, multiple times, quote-unquote, round into form. But at the same time, I, I think there's still room for growth, which is why people should be so encouraged about the direction of this team right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely got to agree with that. I know I've been on record really since the win, um, you know, the, the the last couple of wins where they found different ways to win against, you know, Boston College State, Syracuse the other night, that I, I did feel like this team – was rounding into form, but I also could look at the look at them and say, you know, to to win this conference or or get back to the final four, there's still a lot of area, there's there's still a lot of room for improvement. And I think that's what you want your team to be in in the end of February or the end of January going into March. Is still confident that your team can be a, a championship caliber team. But still look at it and say, look, we're not a finished product just yet. Because, you know, there have been times where, you know, for Carolina, like when they won national titles, they were a finished product in January and February. And they were basically just waiting for the tournament to to get there to, to validate the belief that they were a national title team. Um, you know, this time last year. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, we were coming off a stretch where I had already fired Huber Davis, left him for dead, and was done with him. And 
all of a sudden they started putting things together piece by piece. And I think this team is in the process of doing that right now. Um, they, they are right now 15 and six overall seven and three in the ACC. Both are very respectable records in a, in a conference that is really been turned upside down by Clemson being really good. State's been really consistent so far this season. You've got Virginia, um, who who's probably the team right now that everyone would say is the best team or the most complete team. Um, Carolina has won 10 of their last 12. Uh, after that, that, that four game losing streak when they went out West and Portland, and then they, they traveled around a little bit to Indiana and Virginia Tech. And Huber Davis told us, look, I think we're going to get better. And if we don't get better, then I'll panic. I think 10 out of 12 proves that they've gotten better as the season has moved along. Um, some of their best wins have come against uh, the College of Charleston. At the time, the wins over Ohio State and Michigan were really big and felt important. And then in, in, in the ACC, the, the wins over NC State and Wake, and Wake Forest have both been two really solid wins for this team. Um, as of Friday's uh, projections for the tournament, according to ESPN's Joe Lenardi, they were an eight seed. So kind of pretty much where they've been hovering for the last two weeks, but with the gauntlet of, of you know, quad one games really starting this this week against Pittsburgh and having to go to Duke and stuff like that, there's a lot of room for Carolina to really build a resume and improve that seating. Um, they're, they're currently ranked 31st in Kempom. They have the 25th rated offense, uh, according to Kempom, and the 53rd ranked defense, also according to Kempom. And then in the net, you know, the, the newer metro that they've been using the last couple of years to help, you know, determine seeding and stuff like that. Carolina comes in 32nd overall. They've been in the the upper 20s and the lower 30s for the majority of the season. But like I just said, with that with their with their resume for the tournament, you win a couple games against Pittsburgh, Duke, Virginia, whoever, and you'll really see that number start to climb. So when you think about all those different numbers, the record the Kimpom rankings, the net ranking, and then that seeding. Uh, I've had a chance the last couple of weeks to, you know, to, to, to kind of talk to Adam Lucas from Go Heels and, and Brendan Marks from The Athletic. I'll ask you as my co-host um, and, and, and as a fan that has watched this team night in, night out, has this team underwhelmed, in your opinion, so far this season? I, I would, I mean, yes. But I mean, it's just there's 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 a lot of different elements to this because I mean you add the four game losing streak in there, but one of those games you didn't have Armando Baycott. Um, two or your three conference losses you haven't had Armando Baycott. So like, I, I mean, yes, but I mean even like even the two losses in the Phil Knight Invitational. I mean, those two; those are two really, really good teams. I know, I know, Alabama just got it handed to them. I mean, I, I, I get that, but that you know, before yesterday, I thought Alabama was one of, if not the best teams in the you know, the best team in the country. Um, Iowa State is, 
unbelievably legit. Their biggest issue is that they just play in a conference that is, I mean, might be at the top, the single greatest conference that we have seen uh, in a long, long time. Since some of those old ACC or Big East days, in terms of just how many legitimate contenders there are going to be to make deep runs in the tournament. So, I mean, yeah, because we had this team as a preseason number one, how quickly they exited the rankings as a preseason number one was was disappointing. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little underwhelming. But, I, I mean, at the same time, I think part of it is also we've realized now that we we have just – we have he, – we, we heaped way too many expectations on this team. Um, we thought that this was a team that because of the experience and because of the run that they made last year, uh, they were just going to be able to pick it right up where they left off and would just be in that same flow from the word go. And that, that did not happen this year. There are still flaws with this guy, with these guys. Uh, there are times where offensively you're kind of limited um, you know, especially with Leaky Black on the floor. And even at times with, with Pete Nance, if his shot isn't falling, where you're basically playing three against five. You know, Caleb Love's inconsistencies from last season showed back up again, and it's been really tough to for, for him to be able to shake those off. So, you know, I mean, we're starting to see some signs of, of, of him, you know, getting back to the form that we saw late last year, you know, but – there, there's nothing guaranteed at this point. And, you know, even early in the season, you know, Armando was banged up clearly out of the gate and he struggled a little bit. And RJ Davis was still struggling to find some consistency, but now you're starting to see this team do the things that we sort of asked them to do. Caleb love, maybe not him. We have to see, I mean, we, the game against Syracuse was certainly encouraging but now the question is, how do you follow that up? But, I mean, we're, we're we're seeing Armando Baycott sort of take his game to the next level, become a more efficient scorer. We're seeing uh, R.J. Davis become the consistent player that Carolina needs in their backcourt. And really, at times, is this team's best offensive option, um, which is, you know, something that we, we didn't know if that would happen even earlier on this season. And – you know, we're also seeing Leaky Black step up. Uh, Pete Nance is is hopefully, you know, after the back injury, hopefully now getting in a little bit of a rhythm to at least be able to help this team, you know, sort of not completely fill the shoes of Brady Manick. He's not going to be that same guy, but at least help to do some of that because they're, they need that type of guy at some point here uh, over, you know, the next couple of months uh, as we get towards March. So, it really just feels like this team is is starting to find themselves. And the biggest thing for me is that, you know, when they can finally get healthy again, you're starting to see that depth that we talked about in the preseason that needed to be there for this team to make a title run. And, you know, I, th I that that's the thing is if they, they can continue to build that, it's like I said, some of the teams at the top of the country, there are flaws with these teams. And I really do think that Carolina has a chance as of right now to, if they can get healthy, bring in not only one of the more experienced teams in the tournament, 
but bring in one of the deeper teams to the tournament that's also potentially playing their best football at that time. So uh, that's a recipe that right now could be working itself out. And for the first time really this season, it feels like you could start to feel confident that that is the direction they're heading. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to agree with you that that I think for the most part, you know, especially in December, this team had had wildly underwhelmed. I mean, I don't think we ever saw a five and four start coming. I don't think we ever saw a four game losing streak coming. But even before that, even in in games that they had won, like the inability to just put away mediocre opponents was really troubling. I mean, there was a point against Gardner-Webb where it was a one-possession game deep into the second half. You look at the games against Wilmington and Charleston, those are two really good basketball teams. And in an era of the transfer portal where you see Power 5 guys go down to, you know, the the lower levels of Division One, those types of games are going to be a lot more common and look, I'm not going to sit here and apologize for expectations because that's that's part of that's part of when you put on that jersey. Um, you you want to go play at a school that that doesn't have expectations? Go play at Boston College or go play at Georgia Tech. Um, because when you come to Carolina, it doesn't matter if you return four stars like this team did, or if you return two starters. The, the expectation and the standard of the program is to compete for ACC and national championships. And so uh, I think the thing about it is, is that as frustrating as it was to go through it, I don't know if I would be as confident where this team is going had they not gone through it. You know what I'm saying? Because I think, yeah. I think in a lot of different ways, they, they had to lose to, to get that chip back on their shoulder. For whatever reason, you know, coming off a a, uh, a run in the tournament that, yes, was magical, and you did a lot of great things in that run, you still fell short. You still, you know, they told you or they told us, we make a simple box out, we win a national championship. And so with that in mind, I think we just thought they were going to come in hungry and desperate, and that didn't happen. So they had to lose. They had to get unranked. They had to be told that they were overrated. And, and and with all that happening, I think you saw Hubert Davis. He's definitely grown a lot more comfortable in his role with, with being a lot more vocal about his disappointments and his frustration with this team. And and I and I and I and I just don't think if if they don't go through that, they are where they are today. I, yeah, I really you know, don't. I, I think I mean, real quick, I just I said it early in the year. I thought this was a team that at times you watch them and they were scared to lose games. They were worried about the expectations that were put on them. And you could see it against mid-major opponents where they were just, they, they were trying to avoid catastrophe. And they were saying, how can we find a way to not lose games instead of how do we find ways to win games? And that was the mindset that, you know, I I think, you know, I was so concerned with for a long time with them, but they've really shaken that off. I think it was just kind of them adjusting to everything, though, as well. We heard, you know, in the offseason, Hubert Davis said, look, I'm going to coach these guys differently than I coached them a year ago. Because they wanted, they came back for a reason. They came back because they wanted to win a championship. 
And if they want to win a championship, then I have to coach them the way that a, a different way than I did last year. Because last year there were no expectations on the team. And that was coming into the year, right? It doesn't matter, you know, whatever you 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 said that your expectations were before last year. Nobody thought that team was getting anywhere close to the final four, um, let alone the national championship game, especially in the first year under Hubert Davis. So I, I think, you know, it took them a little bit of time to adjust to a different style because they became used to the way that Huber coached them in that first year under him. And so they were adjusting to him. He was adjusting to, you know, a group of players that I think were, you know, having trouble dealing with those expectations. But now it feels like they've sort of gotten back into a rhythm. The guys have learned this is how Coach Davis is going to coach us this year. And I think you've also seen some of the leaders really start to step up. Uh, with their play, as well as vocally. I think, you know, we we heard the story after the Pittsburgh game about uh, Armando Baycott uh, stepping up in the locker room and basically telling guys, look, that's unacceptable, the fact that we lost this game, especially the way that we did. Um, and then, you know, you see R.J. Davis and the way that he has taken his game to the next level on the court, sort of leading by example. That's what I think is different. And you're right. I think if they don't go through some of those struggles early in the season, if they don't get that feeling that people are doubting them again, you really wonder where this team would be right now. Yeah. And I think, you know, I I, I think it's just something that we're, we're going to continue to see how this team and this season progresses under Huber Davis. And maybe he's starting to develop the same, the same type of, you know, uh, reputation that Roy Williams had when he was Carolina's head coach, where, you know, there's going to be some growing pains in November and in December, but, you know, by, you know, the, 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 the end of January, by the time you really play that first Duke game, that your team's going to be trending in the direction that, that looks like a team that's going to be dangerous come March. And so with that, um, we both kind of said, you know, look, this team so far in a lot of different ways maybe has underwhelmed some some preseason expectations, but we're confident that they can still reach all of their goals and their dreams. When we come back after this break from DraftKings, we'll talk about how this Tar Heel team that was preseason picked number one, that was preseason picked to win the ACC, that was a, a heavy favorite to uh, – to get back to the final four and win the national championship. We'll talk about how they can still achieve all those goals and dreams as the second half of the ACC season gets underway on Wednesday. Back after this message from DraftKings. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I use DraftKings Sportsbook all through the college football season, through the NFL playoffs, and I'll be sure to use the same thing with these same-game parlay features all at DraftKings Sportsbook for the remainder of the NBA season. Download the DraftKings app now 
and sign up with the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With that promo code TBPN, minimum age and and eligibility restrictions do apply. Void in Ohio, see show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking great advantage of all the great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough Log podcast. Use those promo codes as we've taken you through the entire NFL playoffs, which, of course, will culminate a few weeks from now with Super Bowl 57. Make sure you're using DraftKings. Make sure you're using those promo codes, taking advantage of those great offers as you uh, try to earn some extra cash uh, all for the big game. Let's dive back in, though, into talking about, I guess you know, the state of the tar- this Tar Heel team. And in 2022-2023, um, and so, you know, buddy, before we went to break, we both kind of, you know, said that we we thought this team has underwhelmed at different points so far in 2002-2023. With that in mind, how has your opinion of the team changed during the season? And if it hasn't changed, tell me why. Um, I mean, look, it's changed a little bit because there was definitely a point where I think everybody started to have at least a little bit of doubt in terms of where things were going. Uh, I mean, I guess for me, you know, the the Pittsburgh game definitely wasn't great, but I think that was one where even at that time, I was kind of like, look, we don't exactly know what Pittsburgh is going to be. And as we've seen, not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but a team that's going to probably be right on the bubble um, up until, you know, that probably through the ACC tournament. Um, They've shown that they are good enough uh, to, you know, at least keep that from being a bad loss. Um, You know, I I think the lowest point for me of the season, looking back, was probably that Virginia Tech game. And I know that Armando Baycott didn't play in that game, but that game was just all around embarrassing. The entire first half, no offensive rebounds. I mean, just bullied on the glass. Uh, from I, I mean, really, you you knew it from almost the first possession of the game that Carolina was in trouble um, and that it was going to be a long day. And that was a weird feeling because even, you know, there were some games back in, in, in the 2018-19 season um, or no, 2019-20 season, excuse me. Sorry, all these years are running together because of COVID. But um that that you you felt at times that year. Okay, this is this is this is getting bad. There's there's going to be a couple of games we're going to just walk in knowing that we're going to lose um, pretty early. And I felt like that game against Virginia Tech. I mean, pretty much, you know, when they found out that Armando Baycott wasn't playing, it was just as if the entire the, that the life of that team just got completely sucked out of them, and they just had no response. And so. I felt like that was the point in the year where I was like, oh man, this is, this, this could, this could be rough. This could have us in the same spot as we were a year ago. Um, But outside of that, I I really felt like this team, this team was still good enough. It was just about finding their rhythm. 
And I think they're 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 starting to find that now. And I I feel confident, as I said, you know, earlier, I, I think this team is starting to do some of the things that we asked them to do in the offseason. You're starting to see that depth develop. You're starting to see R.J. Davis become more consistent. Um, you, you know, you're seeing a little bit more scoring from some of the guys that weren't scoring the basketball a year ago. There's not, you know, lot guys that are just complete liabilities on the floor you know, on one end of the floor or the other. So I I really, I really do think that this team is is positioning themselves really well. But like here, here's the thing. If you were asking me whether or not I thought this team was not a championship contender at any point, I would say no. Because it, ultimately I, I think what it came down to was, you know, this was a team that just they had to find themselves, find a little bit of a rhythm. And now that, that that I think they're doing that, you know, I and like I said earlier, I don't think that they're playing their best basketball. That's the reason to still believe that this team can 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 win a national championship. They're they're, you know, this is a team that I think as of right now, you know, especially if they can navigate through this next week and a half stretch, you, you feel pretty confident that this team can probably win the ACC. And if they do that, you would imagine that this team is in a really great spot to then go on and win a title. If they can find a way to win this this conference championship, uh, the, the, the regular season title, at least. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. Um, I know there were some people that were, you know, feeling a lot different at a time earlier this season. But for me, you know, I've kind of just looked at it as, hey, as long as they're playing their best basketball down the stretch of the season, as long as they're healthy, you have to feel pretty confident that this team, you know, being that they made the run that they did a year ago, will be able to somewhat recreate it. The most important thing for me, though, was they had to get out of being, uh, even, even where they're at right now, they still have work to do. They have to get out of being an eight seed, somewhere in that type of range. You need to get into that at least four, five seed range to feel really confident because it's just going to be so tough to create another run like you did a year ago if you're an eight seed or a seven seed and you have to play one of the better teams in the country really early on in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing for me was that I never thought they weren't good enough to win the national title. There was just a point in time with four straight losses. I didn't know if they were tough enough. I didn't know if they were mentally tough enough, and I didn't know if they were physically tough enough because in those losses, they were just getting beaten, um, you know, on the court. And then, I mean, of course, that was taking a toll with the team off the court as well. And so – um but and then so that was where I was at in the middle of December was that like I I believed in my heart that were you know they're good enough, you've got the right mixture of talent and experience and quality front court and back court players. You've got a little bit more depth than you had a year ago. I shouldn't know if they were tough enough. And then, you know, I saw the way that they fought against Ohio State, against Michigan. And then you saw the way they fought. I mean, really, even in the loss to Virginia on the road where you lost your best player a minute and a half into the game, 
And then, you know, most recently the win over NC State was a real physical win. And then the way they they won at Syracuse the other night, I, I think there's now a level of toughness that does exist within the squad like there was in the run last year to where, you know, you you there's never been a, a team that, that wasn't tough and they won a national championship. It just it's it just doesn't happen. Like you've got to be mentally tough and then you've got to be, you know, tough on the basketball court. And um I, I definitely think that they have gotten that part you know, established or they're still establishing that. And I, I think the biggest one of the, 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 the where it starts and ends is that backcourt. Like as much praise as we give Armando Baycott for being the the rebounder that he is and stuff like that. Um, you know, Caleb Love is a guy that whenever the physicality of the game gets taken too far, he's the first guy there having his teammates back. And then usually the guy that's being involved in the the, the plays on the court where they probably go a, a step or two across the, the, the line is RJ Davis, a guy that has sacrificed his body. What feels like every time he's walked on the court during his Tar Heel career. So that's how my opinion has changed to where, you know, I didn't know in December if they were tough enough. And, and now I sit here today and I think, yeah, they've, I, I think they're getting, they're, they're getting that backbone that you got to have if you want to compete for a national championship. Well, as I mentioned, when we came back from, from break, uh, the second half of the ACC season does get underway for Carolina on Wednesday night when they play Pittsburgh. And right now, Carolina is 7-3 and three in the league. Uh, they're sitting in fourth place. They're two and a half games out of, out of first behind the surprising Clemson Tigers. And, you know, one of the things that at Carolina we value – we do value winning the regular season as opposed to the tournament because you trust the body of work over, you know, three months as opposed to a week in a half-empty gym um, as they've moved the tournament around to places where it doesn't belong. And, and I mean, and you guys that know me and listen to me know that how much I, I love winning this conference. And I think Carolina, even at 7-3, and three, is still maybe, still maybe the favorite to do it. It's still maybe the team that when it's all said and done and the dust settles – they're going to be the ACC regular season champs. But for that to happen, the one thing they've got to be able to do down the stretch is they've got to be able to go away from home and 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 win and win some tough games. And you've got to go to Duke, you've got to go to Wake Forest, you've got to go to NC State, you've got to go to Notre Dame, and you've got to go to Florida State. So you've got um, five road games left, and I would say at a bare minimum for Carolina to legitly to, to have a legitimate shot at winning the, the, the ACC regular season title, they got to win at least three of them, maybe four. But, you know, I do think with having Clemson and Miami at home, if you win those two games, that'll make up the difference and stuff like that. And so that's what I look at and say for this team to – to win their first ACC regular season title since the 2018-2019 season with Kobe White, Cam Johnson, Luke May, and the boys. The one thing they got to do, and they've and they've done there recently, is win away from home with wins at Louisville and at Syracuse. They've got to go on the road against some better teams, against some more hostile environments, and find ways to win. For you, when you look at this team, at seven and three in the league, two and a half out of first. What do you think they got to do 
to eventually be crowned ACC regular season champions. I mean, it's hard not to agree, not to agree with you because if you look at the schedule, you know, that's that's the thing is as you mentioned, they have two road wins the entire season and, you know, a nice 21 point win over Louisville especially after you were trailing early. That win over Syracuse, you know, definitely felt like a good one. And I think, look, Florida, Florida State, I mean, that they showed the other day it'll be a little bit tougher than their record would suggest. Um, you know, against Clemson, almost found a way to beat them. But, I, you know, that's still one you would probably think this team should win. Same thing with Notre Dame. Outside of that, though, nothing is guaranteed. And, you know, I think that that game with Duke is certainly there for the taking. I think Wake Forest, that's another game that will be there for, for you to take. If you go in there and actually take it, it'll be tougher because that'll be the first game after the Duke game. So that added element there. And that's a team that's going to be playing for their tournament lives if they still have any. And then NC State, going to be clearly motivated after – the loss in Chapel Hill, the way that everything went down, um, the fake narrative that they just continue to push over there, despite even the players and, and coaches on their staff telling them that that's not what the narrative should be. So uh, there's going to be a lot of emotion. So Carolina's got three straight road games where they are going to have to bring it. And really, I think it's that stretch that's going to be the most important for Carolina coming up is – you know, really, I mean, I mean, it starts, I guess, on Wednesday, but more than anything, it really starts on Saturday, um, you know, against Duke. And in the next, in, in that 15-day stretch, Carolina plays at Duke, at Wake Forest, Clemson at home, Miami at home, and NC State on the road. I think we're going to find out whether or not this team is a legitimate title contender when you know or for the ACC championship uh regular season title at least um by that point uh, and I really think that the way that they're playing right now uh, I feel confident that they can get it done because I think you look at some of these teams you know look Pittsburgh some of the steam you know starting to come out of, of that you know steam engine that was rolling early in conference play uh, Duke, I mean, look, they've looked a little bit better here recently. They picked up a big win last weekend over Miami, but it, it's still a team that I feel like is struggling shooting the basketball. I think, as I said, that one will be there for the taking. Wake Forest, very similar to a year ago. It just feels like they're kind of stalling out just a little bit here in the middle portion of the ACC. So we'll have to see, you know, what, what that team is going to be when Carolina faces them. Uh, you know, in a little over a week from now. And then, you know, you talk about Clemson. I, 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 I still don't really know what to make of that team, to be real honest with you. I feel like they are somebody that cannot be discounted at this point um, when it comes to that race for uh, the ACC regular season title. But it still feels like they are a little bit of a flawed team. They have some injury issues as well that they're working through. Um, and I still feel like Miami is a little bit of a questionable team at this point. They've had some moments where uh, they, they've played some head scratchers where you wonder how they're struggling with certain teams in the ACC, but there's other times where they looked apart, especially with those two guards in the backcourt. So I think, you know, you're, you're, you're going to learn a lot about this team here over this next stretch. And I just think with, with all the veterans that they have, I, I really feel like Carolina – 
it's it's probably if they're not the favorite, I think Virginia, you probably can make a really strong case for them, and I would be okay with that. I think they're probably the biggest threat to the Cavaliers at this point. And, and I do think that this is a team that could finish the season, um, you know, with four losses in, in conference, maybe at max five losses. Um, and even if they don't win the ACC regular season title, uh, they will at least set themselves up with a double buy and a chance to make a pretty deep run in the ACC tournament to at least uh, solidify you know, a seating somewhere in, in that area that I was talking about as a four or five seat. Yeah, and, and you know, so I think it's just going to be something that um, if, if if they do go on the road and, and win some of these games that we're talking about, I'm with you. I think I think Duke is very much there for the taking. I'll beat all these that go into trying to win a game at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Um, you got blown out and embarrassed when you went to Wake Forest a year ago, and That'll be a team that'll be playing for its tournament's lives. But, you know, so if they can go on the road in those type of environments and win those types of games, I do think it'll just kind of continue to validate and prove that this team is still more than capable of of winning, you know, a conference championship and competing for a national championship, which which leads to the last question, and, and, and it might be an easy answer, um, but I still think, you know, but it needs to be asked. What player needs to step up the most to help the team reach all of its its goals and dreams for the 2022-23 season? I mean, I, I feel like the most obvious one is clearly Caleb Love. Um, but, I mean, look, if, if we're wanting to go, you know, sort of off the beaten path, I mean, I think, by, by the way, I think Pete Nance also probably a guy that most people would, would answer there. Um, I, I think a guy that you really need to see take that next step, though, for Carolina once he returns is Pub Johnson. You need him to be that guy that we thought, talking about him in the offseason and in the preseason, um, that, that can be that legitimate sixth man off the bench for Carolina. And look, I thought, you know, when he got that start at Louisville, I thought he really looked the part of a guy that is is capable of being effective on both ends of the floor. Um, we never question his effort out there. He's always a guy that's going to hit the floor for loose balls. He rebounds the hell out of the basketball. And it looked like his offensive game was sort of getting into rhythm. But I think the thing is, is with him, well, the biggest element that they have to navigate is his health because he just has not been healthy. When he was healthy – for Carolina last year, there were times where he stepped up big, especially in that title game. Well, this year, I feel like Carolina is going to have moments where they're going to need him again in the NCAA tournament, especially because Pete Nance is just not that consistent force that you need him to be, especially on the inside as a rebounder. So there will be times where you will have to have somebody that can come off the bench uh, and find a way to be physical inside and get you some rebounds against teams that can rebound at a high level. Cause we saw it affect this team earlier in the season against teams like Iowa state, Alabama teams that you will have to face if you get later into the NCAA tournament. So I, I think that that's one of the kind of 
you know, off the beaten path type of guys that I think you should keep an eye on. But really the clear answer is Caleb Love. In order for this team to get where they want to go to win a national championship, you need this guy to get in a rhythm on the offensive end of the floor. Because as we know by this point, he is going to take his shots. He, he's going to. No matter how many times you question the shot from him, he is going to remain confident and take the shots that he feels like are open enough for him to take. So uh, those have to start going down at some point. And I think, again, we've seen it at times this year where when he's playing his best basketball, Carolina's playing him off the ball. That's the biggest thing that Carolina can do right now to sort of help aid in getting Caleb Love going. Play him off the ball. Let R.J. Davis handle this offense and, you know, if he can set things up and give Caleb Love some of those catch-and-shoot opportunities, I feel like that is something that can happen for Caleb once again because, really, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if he doesn't play great the rest of the year up until probably that final game of the regular season against Duke. If he does exactly like he did last year and catches fire then – you still feel pretty confident that the way that the other guys are playing on this team right now, they could probably get themselves positioned pretty well to have a decently high seed. And as long as he's ready to go for March, I think that's all that matters for Carolina. But yeah, he's the clear answer. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go with Pete Nance. Cause I think like with Caleb Love is what he is. Like he's going to be a guy that's going to make some bonehead head scratching plays, but I think he's still a guy that for the most part, when it's it's winning time, we trust him to step up and make the plays that, that have to be made, whether it's on the offensive end of the floor, making big shots or defensively draw drawing charges or something in that nature. With with Pete Nance, it's just about consistency. You know, he's had you know, he had a big shot against Ohio State that I thought was gonna be the turning point for him. And I know a back injury may have you know, hampered that. And then he had the play against Syracuse the other night that we still don't know what that what's gonna what that's what's that gonna do for him moving forward. But Carolina needs him to be a consistent contributor night in, night out. And it's not gonna be in the same fashion that it was with Brady Manic. He's not gonna sit out there and he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna shoot uh, and you know 10 threes per game and shoot. 45% from three over, you know, an extended period. But he has to be a guy that has got to score in double figures and and grab six, seven, eight rebounds a night. I just feel like there were so many times with him that he is almost invisible when on the court. He just disappears. And he's too talented to, to, to do that. He's too talented to have that limit of an impact at certain times during the ball game. And so that's the one guy I look at. Like Brady Manick was the key for Carolina really becoming the best version of itself a year ago. I I, I think that Pete Nance is the guy that is, is going to be the, the key for this team becoming the best version of itself. I, I think they can still compete and win, win an ACC title with Love, Davis, and Baycott. But I think it becomes a whole lot easier if Pete Nance does become, you know, that fourth guy that you know night in, night out is going to be there, ready to play and play at a high level. And uh, 
the good news is is that Carolina will will start to you know to answer all these questions and really start to cement itself as an ACC contender on Wednesday they on Wednesday when they return to action at home against Pittsburgh and we'll have you covered at the website that's heeltoughblog.com where there will be a preview and a recap of the game posted up that that the day of and and the night of the game um and then of course you know later in the week we'll be getting you ready for the first matchup with Duke Ashton's going to have a, a special article about the history of the greatest rivalry in, in sports that'll be on the website as well as we continue to take you guys through this 2022-2023 basketball season. As for Tar Heel football, they're starting to get the ball rolling with landing commits in the 2024 class. Anthony has you covered on all that front. The ACC uh, football schedule drops on Monday, and he'll have you covered with that news as well as even though Tar Heel football is in the offseason, any news that does trickle out of the Keenan Center, Anthony will have you covered with that. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast, and we will we will pop up right there for you guys where we encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast. But more importantly, we want you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. But with that, guys, that is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Once again, I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!